Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Yo, what up, sports fans? It's me, Aaron Warner, your host, with me, as he has been for the last couple of weeks, and his last show with us before Stefan gets back from vacation, Intern Koa. You like that, Intern? Oh my god, that's great. I've never been an intern yeah. before. There we go. It's fantastic. Um, been a been a week of hockey. There's a lot to get into. Uh, I don't even know where I want to start. I guess I should, since I'm the host of the show. Yeah. Uh, there's like there's been a little bit of Canucks stuff. Um, interesting interview with Canucks head coach Rick Tockett on uh, Halford and Bruff this morning. And um, have, are you aware, like out east, of any of the the Andre Kuzmenko discourse? <laughs> I am uh, blissfully unaware of any Kuzmenko discourse. Okay, so. You know, Andre Kuzmenko came over from the KHL, highly sought after free agent. Yes. Uh, came to the Canucks, scored 39 goals. And he scored those 39 goals on 143 shots. Sounds So he had a shooting percentage of uh, 27%, which is astronomically yeah. fucking high. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like the um, stupidest Canucks fans are expecting this to like continue on in, in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I think is incredibly unlikely. Like he seems like the regression candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, on a previous episode, I like went through and looked at like the last five years of shooting percentage, and like the highest one was Drysidel, and he was like, it was like high teens, mm-hmm. uh, low twenties. So you'd be expecting him to like out finish Drysidel, yeah. which just isn't going to happen. So. He has to become more of a volume shooter or just like don't expect 39 goals again. Right? Well, some people are optimists. Um, I don't know what you're doing over there on the West Coast. Uh, yeah, but... we're doing the secret, yeah. right? But uh, no, so talk it was on the radio and talk it had benched him like three times. Uh, like notably, he he's was at 39 goals to finish the season. And uh, they didn't really put him out there to try and get him number forty in the last game. Is he? he does and, he not uh, get along with Tocket, or does Tocket not like him? Or no? So that's the thing is Tocket always like praises him whenever he's asked about yeah. him. Um, but uh, he also got like benched three times in the last month or something. This is like while producing a, a lot on on Pedersen's wing, and at the end of your press conference, uh, after it was all done, and like. The press conference was ended. Uh, talk it like quip to the media is like no questions about Koozie, huh? Whoa! And so yeah, and they like just as like a joke baiting them because he was like, yeah, he was expecting to be asked about like what's up. Yeah. And uh, so on the radio this morning, they're like, "What's your problem with Koozie?" He's like, "I don't have a problem with him." And uh, he's like, "I like him. He's got an infectious personality. Always smiling." Like. I benched him one game. He went out and scored. And like the one shift I played him, he was smiling like ear to ear after. Like you can't get the guy down. And uh, he just says that he wants him to become more defensively responsible. Like if he's going to be playing with Pedersen, he wants to be able to put him out in all situations. Like they don't want him to be a a one dimensional player, which I agree with. This sounds then, well. First off, this sh- sounds eerily close to the Ralph Kruger uh, discourse with Skinner because that was his big. Uh, bugaboo with Skinner is that he doesn't play defense even though he's never done it in his entire career and he expected him to do it there and then um, we had him playing like on the fourth line and stuff and then they turned into a grudge thing and then it got really bad and ugly that's yeah that's really goofy that's not really what I I sense from him here Yeah, but Talkett said like one of the most um, (laughs) woke things I think I've heard an NHL head coach say which was look at how high his shooting percentage was this season Mm -hmm. like he's probably going to regress back towards the mean. And if he regresses, we still want there to be, you know, reasons in his game that we can like, like play him or whatever. Sounds so they're just like reasonable. He's it's like very reasonable and measured. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm not used to seeing that type of competence. Uh, like, <laughs> 
from uh, from someone in the Canucks organization. So I was very pleasantly surprised about that. And I, I do like the idea, like, if you try and develop him to be able to carry a line by himself instead of just having to ride shotgun with Pedersen to be uh, yeah. to be productive. Um, also, there's a really uh, funny article in The Athletic uh, from... Uh, old Thomas Drantz about the Canucks offseason prospects mm-hmm. and it is fucking grim. Okay. Uh, Where did you, uh, <laughs> like, th- there was that uh, ranking that just came out of all of the uh, pr- team's prospects and stuff. And I was looking at it. Vancouver did not look phenomenal, but go no, ahead. No, 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 they're, they're not good. So, uh, they, they, he does this really big in depth dive into, uh, the Canucks cap and like what they need for the off season. And uh, they are with just like their signed players. Um, this doesn't include any. Uh, this doesn't include any like RFA resignings. Ooh, Florida discord. Yep. We are recording this on Thursday evening. Uh, it's two one Toronto, Florida. So this is with only four defenders. Um, and uh, yeah, Demko and Spencer Martin as your goalie tandem, and then there's there's four lines, and like there are some concessions there that doesn't don't really make sense. But it's uh, he was just doing it based on like um, one way contracts or whatever. So uh, they are sitting at uh seventy nine point two million in committed cap space for next season with twenty skaters, um, and that is before re-signing Ethan Bear or uh, Nils Hoaglander. And so that would give them, uh, if the cap goes up one million, I believe that is three and a half to uh, to resign Bear, which will probably get at least two, and Hoaglander will be at least one. So there you go. There's also like Vitelli Kratzoff. Um, they did like evolving hockey's like projected salary hits, mm-hmm. and uh, I get which is like ninety two percent accurate by the Ooh. way. If you ever want to look into that, yeah, pretty crazy. They're very good at it. Um, then they're like $700,000 over the cap and that's without making any improvements. So it's, they're either going to make like big earth shattering changing moves yeah. that will probably like the Canucks have never missed an opportunity to like take a shortcut. So I, I kind of see that's what's going to happen. Sure. Um, what I hope happens is they buy out Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, so it seems like the easiest way to clear space Just give him a Bonilla or deal. they're just. Yeah, they're just gonna be running it back with the same roster and hoping for a much different result, which doesn't really instill me with a ton of confidence for their plan of making the playoffs. Well, I mean, they were only like five uh, points out as it is, so I mean, wasn't that it? Five no, or six? no, 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 no. It was five or six wins out. Five or six so it was wins like 10 out. Or my Twelve bad. points. Yeah. Okay. Big whoop. So, uh, like I want to be optimistic, man. So go ahead. You don't really, know. Really, you don't know what could happen. <laughs> Yeah, it's great in-depth analysis. Like they'll win the draft lottery on Monday. Well, Connor Bedard is really going to change slot things Connor around. Bedard right? into that. Yeah, exactly. It makes like JT Miller way more expendable. He'll yes. get traded to. Um, <laughs> I love. I love Buffalo. waiting. I was just, a bunch of cap space. Yeah, I was just saying. Like, I, I love how every episode it's where uh, JT Miller is going to go and uh, how he's going to go and <laughs> how sad you are to see him go. Yeah, it's it's going to be really heart wrenching. I've just grown up watching this kid and. Uh, well, one one thing I would like to see is uh, there's going to be a new GM in Calgary, and and what not the GM I gonna, that I reported on. I was gonna say uh, you you had a, uh, I, a hot report my, my, from my my, my, my scoop. My scoop was uh was foiled. Well, but, hold on, you know you don't know that they mm-hmm. didn't fire him as head coach, so they they could uh, hire him as GM. Maybe that's what they're doing. Yeah, you know? I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm still like really holding out hope, but it feels about as likely as uh, the Canucks making the playoffs with this roster next year. Um, but you know, whenever there's rain, there's like flowers afterwards or whatever. Exactly, that's the same. Thank right? you. Yeah, I think that's. I when, think that's. Yeah, it. yeah. Whenever there's rain, there's flowers. Um, and there was a really funny article from a notable Calgary dipshit, Rick Bell, today. <laughs> um, uh, let me pull it up there. Here we go. All right. So his tweet says, 
New column. A pal of mine sent me a note yesterday saying what was going on with the Flames was a clear case of youth entitlement syndrome. Uh, <laughs> Never heard of Is that like Trump derangement syndrome? Something like that. So the uh, Sutter firing and whiny Flames players, many fans peeved off. Oh. Uh, so the article starts, um, yeah, baby, the legendary words of the legendary voice of the Calgary Flames, the one, the only Peter Maher. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Wednesday on his podcast uh, da, 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 calls it as he sees it and talks about uh, your scribblers Wednesday column tackling the Daryl Sutter firing uh, the one managing to poke the hornet's nest of outrage from some and strong support for many others mayor pointed out the column headline coach Sutter being pushed out by snowflake flames players. oh Ladies and gentlemen, the Calgary Flames have gone woke. Disgusting. Uh, You know those with hurt feelings and a sense of self-entitlement exceeding their production on the ice. The players who can point to someone else for their shortcomings will cash in the big checks. Hmm. The broadcaster pointed out how the column noted some players voicing their displeasure with the coach perhaps should look at themselves in the mirror because a lot of them didn't measure up this past season. Name some names, you pussy. Yeah, uh, I was holding my breath, not knowing exactly where Mayor was going with this. Uh, he then mentions individual players having exit meetings with Flames management. Uh, two or three of the chin wags mm-hmm. went on for an hour. Most of it was criticizing Daryl, says a disappointed mayor of players slamming Coach Sutter at length. And you know, these players were paid pretty good money oh. by the Flames and consequently by the fans who buy the oh. tickets to go watch them play. Some real grumpy old man shit here. You love to see yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, you would have thought that maybe these guys would have put it upon <laughs> themselves to play a little bit better than they did, <laughs> even though they had their issues with the coach. I, uh, for, they were still being paid. You know, I said uh, all season about the Canucks is that they, uh, they should have just tried a little harder, but they didn't. Yeah, well, this is about the Flames. I mean, uh, the Flames, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm glad you have the Canucks in the mind. Same thing. Well, yeah, I mean, Uh, I'm really Canucks mind. I mean, you've been eyeing up JT Miller for months Thank you. Well, yeah, we're hopefully he's got next Buffalo Sabre. Yeah. It wasn't as though Daryl was taking money out of their pockets. (sighs) I I hate these fucking fucking lazy. What kind of a fucking boomer-ass bum is this guy? I don't know. I mean, I know local (laughs) reporters fucking suck, but this guy is really going for the old school uh, flavor on this one. Rick Bell is like, like I entered the article, he's like a notorious dipshit. Um, I mean, listeners, of the, like, he's way worse than Ian McIntyre. He is, um, you know, you know, Mark Spector, Flames, yeah. or not Flames, uh, Oilers reporter. Yes. Yeah, he's like the Flames Mark Spector, I would say, but like older and like less tough sounding. Oh, okay, cool. That sounds yeah, like a good, yeah. good move. Um, here, I'm going to send you a picture of Please him. do. Uh, here you go. Okay, let's see. And please, like, what was the guy oh. that was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids that got knockout game? Rick Moranis. <laughs> he kind of looks like Rick Moranis, but like nerdier. Yeah, he has this like we were discussing this before. Like um, there's something there's something only Canadian dad style guys can do. And I don't know how to nail it down, but it has a lot to do with the glasses. But he just mm. he just looks like an awful Canadian dad style guy. Terrible. Uh, very very weak chin, just kind of like a jowly, kind of a, a misshapen polo shirt look with a little wi- wispy hair. Looks like he stinks. Don't like his glasses. <laughs> but go ahead. Uh, yeah, so he continues. No, we found out who's running the show. It's the players. Mm. They don't pay the piper, but they do call the tune. Oh, my. This God. is called the new NHL. Is this guy from the <laughs> 1920s or something? Like, he's just the sound of it sucks. <laughs> I know, right? What the fuck? Um. This is called the way things are, as if the way things are said to be is necessarily the way they should be. That, oh, my God. Sentence. Well, hold on. Please roll that back one more time. What was it? Uh, yeah. This is called the way things are, as if the way things are said to be is necessarily the way they should be. Wow. Yeah. And this is, and this is why he's a local the... Calgary reporter. That's right. He hasn't hit the bigs yet. He hasn't been called up to Toronto. Yeah. Uh, I just hope the person who takes the reins with the flames knows it's the horses who are in charge, not the rider. Mm. That's pretty good. Like, um, I guess like literary illusion because the flames have blasty the horse. Yes. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're very, very um, uh, rodeo centric kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, funny thing. This paper is featured in end of season, uh, 
you be the boss survey where Flames fans have a say on who should stay and who should go. Now it's easier. Just give it to the players. Yes, <sighs> the issue is whether the far from perfect Sutter's Sutter, last year's NHL coach of the year, should have been let go or whether the Flames will do much better without him. They may do well next year. One can hope. No, it's the explanation of why he was let go. How boldly, how honestly it was acknowledged by the team brass that firm, hard, and demanding coaches, no matter how good or a thing of the past. Firm, hard. <laughs> these firm, hard, juicy, mm, tight, yeah. rippled coaches. Yeah. Uh, players now have a voice. More than that, you must listen to that voice. The bo- voice of the player said, boot sutter. Too bad the voice never said, let's work our butts off, game in and game out, and at least make it into the playoffs. <sighs> My column is in some ways a lament to the vanishing virtues of grit and determination and being content to play your part in something greater than yourself, <sighs> of sucking up for the team and parking the ego instead of demanding it be massaged and shielded from criticism, giving 110%, even if you don't always get exactly what you want. Oh my Does God! Believing in such things make a person a dinosaur, an old fart who should get out of the way, uh, so the age of narcissism and easily bruised psyches may proceed uninterrupted. Players just don't yeah. want to work anymore. There's there's too many players on the flame sagging their pants. <laughs> they need to become respected. This guy's the Bill Cosby of uh, Calgary hockey yeah. journalism. <laughs> oh my God! After all. When one wise and accomplished soul was asked Wednesday what he would do for, say, uh, $5 million a year, I would eat whatever crap oh, they put the on my plate. Oh, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. What would you do for $5 million? You don't even, you, you don't even have the... Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. That's so disgusting. <laughs> he continues. In the real world, folks have to eat crap for far, far less, and they are the ones cheering for the hometown team and only ask for an honest night work on game day. This this like which this like hollow shithead type of like every man <laughs> uh, argument just blows. This guy blows. It's so bad. <laughs> well, and like I think there's a very valid argument to be made that I'm just turning this into a fucking flames podcast. Go for it. But like, no, it was the offseason. The the flames failed just due to like really piss poor goaltending mm-hmm. and a refusal to call up Dustin Wolf, who's like lighting up the AHL. Mm-hmm. They were, where is it? Where is By it? By the way, the, the Wranglers do have a 2-1 one lead over Abbotsford in the series right now, I believe. Yes, yeah. but Abbotsford did win yesterday. Um, oh, no, not playoffs. That's but regular but season. This, like, go. also, Submit. this type of journalism like appeals to like uh, like who like grandpas or, or something like who well, who's reading? The, yeah, this yeah. Type? No, I think that's it. Like, so I used to work with a guy who's like a, a flame season ticket holder, really nice guy. Um, but he was like you know an older dude with some like antiquated hockey opinions, mm-hmm. and this was a take on the Oilers. But he said that earlier in the season when the Oilers weren't producing was because they played. Dry Seidel and McDavid too much, right. and all the other players on the team are going to be discouraged because they don't get to go out there. And so, for the fl- or not for the Flames, for the Oilers to get better, they just need to play the two best players on their team and like easily the best player in the world less. Yeah, which like we obviously know is untrue. So I think it's more for like that uh, style of hockey fan. Weird, but no. The stat that I wanted to bring up is in the regular season, the Calgary Flames were third in the league for scoring chances. And they were, let me count here, five, 12th for high danger chances. So there is like a critique about Daryl Sutter hockey that they like create chances, but they're not high danger, so they don't get finished enough. Mm-hmm. But you're still in the top half for like high danger chances and just like having, you know, that many scoring chances, like the teams around them, Hurricanes, Devils, Panthers, Leafs, Oilers, Stars, Lightning, Bruins, Kings, Avalanche. All pretty good. First non-playoff teams, the Penguins. Yeah. Like, they, uh... I thought, I thought we liked really getting PDO, like that, right? I thought that was a good thing. Yeah. No, they were second to last in the league in PDO. Like, that just speaks to how fucking unlucky they were, uh, especially in net. So, like... But first in the league in the PDA. Because they're snowflakes. Um, that's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but let's. Uh, that's enough about the flames. I thought it was really funny. Um, those fucking 
hard. By the way, those of those of you out there who care coaches. about uh, more AHL action, the uh, the Amherst and the Syracuse Crunch are tied two two. And for some reason, the game Ooh. the next game isn't until Saturday. They have like six days off in between games, but we'll have to ride a bus back instead of take a plane. Yeah. So. Oh God um, damn. Well, it's only between I mean, Syracuse. I'm, I'm it's kidding, only between but it was... Syracuse and, and Rochester, so that's about an hour. <laughs> so I don't know where <laughs> they got lost. I don't know. It was the same in the, the the Canucks Wranglers series. Like they played Wednesday, Friday last week in Calgary, and then Game Three in Abbotsford was on was yesterday. Yeah. So they had like four or five days Weird. off. Um, but yeah, hopefully the the Canucks can bring it back. So big win at home. So what uh what happened? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Did Boston win their series? Oh no. Yeah, let's let's go around. So Boston Bruins, uh, <laughs> they didn't play the game the right way. <laughs> they lacked the intangibles that it takes to win. Uh they got a French Canadian captain. Uh, we all know what we think yucky. about those guys. Um, Soft sand. And I, I was also hearing reports that they were practicing hoisting the cup after they were up three one in the series. So that just Speaks to their lack of character and just general um, mm. uncouthness. Ugh, just weak stuff. And also, I heard they have breakfast beers. It was one of the Ugh. one of the criticisms I heard about someone actually saying? Wait, that, actually, yeah, there was a, tw- a post on Twitter that showed them uh, the Bruins like eating breakfast. It was at the end of the regular season, maybe, and like a couple dudes had beers, and they're like, oh. "There's a discourse over the anti-breakfast beer people and the oh. pro-breakfast beer people." Apparently, it doesn't work. I, uh... I got in trouble on a rugby tour, um, which is like you're just going there to like travel around and like get drunk with your friends sure. and play the odd game of rugby. It's like doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. uh, because we had a Caesar at breakfast mm. and we had to play so, a game. So later very that day. Canadian, and a lot of people in America might not know that that is yeah. the uh, the preferred. Uh, a bl- a tomato based so drink than a more, than a, more yeah. than a Bloody Mary in Canada. When you go up to Canada, that's what they do because it's Clamato is the difference, right? Yes, Clamato. It's lime instead of lemon. The glass is rimmed with um, I was going to call it Caesar salt, but celery salt. Yeah. Uh, both, both very delicious, guys. Don't I'm not oh, I'm not yeah. besmirching one or the other. When, when when I'm when I'm down south, I'll uh I'll order a Bloody Mary. Yeah. But the Boston Bruins, nice. ladies and gentlemen, uh, just uh, what a what a wonderful thing to watch, especially coming off of, I mean, if you wanted Toronto to lose that series, which I did, which was kind of a heartbreaker, but good for Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but to, to go back into that, I, I absolutely thought Boston was going to win that series and they were going to come back, but they just fell apart. What happened to your boys? Yeah, they like... Uh, it looked like they were, you know, squeezing their sticks a little bit yes. too tight in that game. It wasn't like they got blown out, obviously, mm-hmm. but I, I'm sure the the pressure of the the weight of expectation and the blowing it yeah, heavy exactly. is the head that wears the crown. And I mean, <clears throat> oh shit, Cam fell down. Um, Bergeron was playing through some shit as well, right? Yeah, they were called it's... tears. Oh, back! He, yeah, he was he was he was yeah, dinged was up injury? for sure. But did you see after they lost that too? Did you see him all crying on the ice and hugging him and stuff? Very emotional oh, stuff. Yeah. It uh, I, I like I think one thing that's very interesting is uh, it kind of illuminates like how fucking hard it is to win the Stanley. It's Cup. so hard, and this is this is why like, I got in some trouble on Twitter, and I mentioned it on here before a little bit, but people give me a ton of shit because, and I absolutely fucking love the Bills. Uh, if anybody follows on here, I'm probably fucking super annoying during football season, but like, love the Bills, but if I had to see one of them win before I die, it would absolutely be the Sabres because it just, it's so much harder to do. It feels like it's so much harder to do, and mm-hmm. it feels, it's so much more of a grind, and it, it feels more special or something. I don't like, know. That Bruins core won one cup. Yeah. Um, as many of our listeners might know. And they probably won it the year that they had the weakest roster. Like of, of some I think of their the other, other rosters two- for sure. There was way yeah, better. Yeah, like the other two times that they made the finals, I think they were a better set up team. It's just like mm-hmm. those years they had the injury trouble, right? Yep. And then this year as well, like historic regular season. Yeah. Um, kind of out of nowhere. So it, it does make me wonder like are the Bruins just who we thought they were before the season started? Yeah, like, I mean, look at them last year. How much different is that team from the year before? And the year before wasn't that great. So I don't know. Like, what yeah, is, what, is like, the, what was the catalyst this year? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think a lot of it is uh, 
Well, they had their goalies pop Former off. Former Sabre, Linus Lillmark, perhaps? I don't know. Yes. Uh, and then... A lot, but of the then team, you take, a lot of teams in the league just were trying to be bad. Also, so. you take you take uh, Ulmark out that last game too, and put in Swayman, and they lose too. So I don't know. Well, and like, and and that was the other thing too is apparently Ulmark was uh, fighting through injury, yeah. and you have like a healthy Swayman who, if I was to bet, will probably when this is all said and done be the starter long term. Also, yes, but also, how funny is it now? Because Linus Ulmark, everyone was just fucking rock hard about this guy winning the Vezina all season, and now mm-hmm. is he, is it still going to be? It's going to be a lot of fun if he wins it. I just, I'll, yeah. I'm going to watch the NHL well, I mean, awards like, just the for The voting is all done prior to the, the playoffs, right. so it's like not influenced by it. But yeah, all, always very funny. It was the same thing with like um, Markstrom last year. Yeah. Great regular season, Vesna finalist, and then absolutely ate shit yep. in the playoffs. Um, yeah. And then ate shit the entire next season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the other one. Well, I guess there's a couple of that was just such a great night for hockey watching what a good time. Seattle and Florida went ooh, baby. That that could not have played out any better for my little Shodan fruit ass. Yeah. I mean you have was that the same night or the is it one night after another where it was Seattle winning beating uh Seattle was right after Boston right. and the next day was New Jersey. Wow. I think I got I got my way in all four of those series because I I did want Toronto to win. I thought it'd be interesting. Yeah. Um I like as much as I would like my finals prediction to be right, so I could like pat myself on the back mm-hmm. and do the smug face, yeah. um, I would love it if Florida beat Toronto this round. After all that, it would be so fucking cool to see the maybe you know two of the best teams in the NHL get taken down by fucking Florida, the team who was supposed to be the, who was the Boston of last year. Kind of you know they won the President's Trophy yeah. last year and then ate shit in the playoffs, and then they come back to do the same thing to Boston, which is great. And it would be wonderful to see them beat Toronto because who the fuck? Which I I, I think like. That you you that plays into it as well is like it's very easy to forget because they got off to such a horrendous start that this team won the president's trophy last yeah. year and it's effective it's the same core but like oh you better I would say yeah I mean I think Kachuk overall adds something completely different I mean if you've been watching I you've been watching the game so far Kachuk has been fucking bullying people all over the place yeah uh, Toronto tried well like, even in this last Toronto game though they they I mean they tried to address it a little bit they had I think Shen ran him or somebody and then maybe mm-hmm. um uh I forget who the other defense was they're going at him but he's still uh, just add something else to Florida, and he's I like so it. Good. He's fucking great. He's a fucking unicorn, man. Yeah, he's dope, and I love that. Like the big swing and dick move that Florida did in the off season, where you have Huberto and and Wegar, like Wegar, top pairing defenseman, mm-hmm. pretty reasonably priced as well. Played really well with that Glad, and then you had Huberto, who was like second in the league in points. And they looked at it with like sober eyes mm-hmm. and fucking were like, you know what? We're going to trade him for a better, younger player that's like more in line with like the age of Eggblad and, uh, yeah, Barkov, et cetera. And it, I think, has paid dividends for them, especially in the, the playoffs so far. I mean, they're getting horrendously outplayed in this game, but yeah. Also, not bad. Also, what about Brantford, Ontario's own Brandon Montour? Oh my Holy God. shit. I mean, I know I love to talk about former Sabres, but this guy is going fucking ape shit. Uh, so far, I ballistic. B- I believe he has four goals and three assists for seven points. Or no, that's, I'm sorry, that's Jack Eichel. Uh, uh, Montour <laughs> has six goals and three assists for nine points. Oh my fucking God. Fucking Brandon Montour. Who knew? Uh, also, one of Jack's, one of Jack's goals was an empty net or just something. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I'm glad they beat Edmonton. Like I, I hope that continues. Yeah. Uh, I know you don't feel the same way. No, I mean, but uh, I don't. I really don't want them to win at all. But uh, they, holy cow, they were buzzing, right? Like that, like that. that yeah. they look like a completely different team than from the first round. I don't know what the fuck they did. And Ed- Edmonton looked like kind of out of bad. gas a little. They looked a little like uh, a little sloppy. Like the passes weren't as their, crispy. Their defense, in particular, like their rush D, looked real porous yeah um 
I mean, I mean Drysaddle's crazy. Drysaddle's a but, fucking uh, freak. The goal off that dude's back was one of just a outrageous. He's uh, as of right now, he's pretty much outplaying McDavid, which is pretty wild. Oh yeah, I think undoubtedly. Um, um you have, I mean, uh, f- four goals and a loss. Good sure problem sucks. to have. <laughs> uh, but the the Vegas, the Vegas just looks different. Just the eye test, just from the game from from series to series. Like, yeah, in, totally. in this series, they look like more to me. They look physical. They look a lot bigger. Like the D looks really strong. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's uh, they're fucking stupid, and I don't like them. And their dumb opening stuff sucks. I don't like their. Oh, I don't. Oh, I, you don't like the. Sketches? I don't like their fucking corny horse shit. And I know everybody goes off the rails, like sucking them off about how fucking great it is, and it's just childish and fucking. I mean, the 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 shit right before they hit the ice is cool with the music and it, and getting them amped up and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, with these people, like just oh, the, the they have bad trolls on the ice that are waving Oilers flags, but then the good night comes out. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Ugh, get it out of here. <laughs> You don't like medieval times? No, it's fucking medieval times before an NHL game, and everybody's fucking hooting and clapping (laughs) like seals. It's fucking embarrassing. Well, it's it's because it's the NHL, right? (laughs) Like anything that isn't like vanilla, boring is like this is so cool. I remember the was the goddamn thing last year, like the spicy pork and broccoli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so funny. It's it's uh, fine. I listen. They're trying, and I understand that Vegas is Vegas, but everyone is just like, it is so Vegas to go out there and do the worst show you've ever fucking seen in your life. <laughs> Shut up. Um, the uh, so there's there's two more games. Like, I guess we got to talk about the uh, the New Jersey game and the Truba hit. But before that, yes. I was you you don't get the 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 CBC broadcast. We sadly do not. I really wish there's a way I could. I'm sure there's a way you could pirate it. But, yeah, no. Someone linked us oh, uh, shit, on Twitter, right. a site that has those both. That's right. I'm but, sorry, um, I gotta check that out. Yeah. Anyways, we don't uh, condone. No, that. no, no, no. I would, uh, I would gladly no, pay would for never. Canadian television. In fact, I tried with my, uh, uh, with my uh, VPN thing, and then you got to pay for a license or something, whatever it is, to watch uh, TSN and and shit. But I didn't have a Canadian yeah. address to plug in, and I gave up. Ah, yeah, I know. Bummer. Um, but no, they were. So there's this guy, Cabby. Mm-hmm. And Cabby started off on the the score. Yeah, he was on the score, which was like the kind of tertiary yeah. Canadian Sports Network that then got bought by Sports. Who is now the name of your betting and, network in Ontario. Score Bet, I believe, is the big. Oh, yeah, yeah they do some of that. Yeah. Um, but this, this ties into betting. So Cabby, he used to have his own show, Cabby on the Street. And he was like, he'd talk to people and he'd like hang out with. Uh, players for the day like he very notably would do like segments where he would just like hang out with kobe bryant for like 12 hours and they say friendship might be a little bit much but like you know they liked each other and he did it like three or four times where he's this guy's going around and like being like kind of the funny annoying guy to kobe bryant yeah it was very charming he was pretty popular from it and uh he's like bounced around between tsn and sportsnet and he's landed doing the intermission like gambling interstitials okay where it's like hey you know with prop bet fucking plus 125 and you'll just like say what the odds are yeah uh and then it's like really depressing to me like i I feel like i mean i'm sure he's happy just to have this job but like a lot of the times he's just doing it from his house he's not even in studio jesus christ and uh (laughs) he was uh talking to ron mcclain about I think it was during the Bruins game and he brought up a Drake lyric mm-hmm. about like overcoming gigantic odds or something. Yeah. I forget what it that's, is. I'm, I'm not a Drake. That's fan. what I think of when I think of and Drake, that, but yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he like read two lyrics of the song and like it, it fit whatever the, the motif was going to that third period. And it cuts to Ron McClain. And, uh, Ron McLean, of course, has to like address what the person said, and he's like, "I've been trying to think of something for uh, for for Drake with Game Seven, and all I can think is uh, Game Sevens, bling it on." All right, I uh, I gotta go, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And I know Ron McLean is like- uh, from my hockey, from watching <laughs> Hockey Night in Canada. I know Ron McLean is known for doing like really tortured kind of like tie-ins where he likes tries to be lyrical and tries to be like poetic and stuff and it just ends up yeah like he'll, he'll like read poetry yeah, yeah, yeah. and shit too like yeah 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 oh poor ron 
What is he? He's Game just, seven's blinging on. And it, it, it's really been like reverberating my head since that game <laughs> on Saturday. And for like two or three days, I was like, was he just saying bling it Cause on? He's like, because he's a rapper yeah, he's like, and, and bling bling. Oh, Jesus. But then I, I like had a bit of an epiphany mm-hmm. as I was whispering bling it on to myself at work. <laughs> Was he referencing Hotline Bling? Oh, maybe. Yeah, okay. I'll, you know what? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. He's given me years of uh, enjoyment. Good one, Ron. But Good one, Ron. I take it, it back. If, if that if that is the if that's the case, he should have said Game Sevens Hotline Bling it on. Yeah, give me a little bit more and remove any doubt from like whether he was being like. I'll tweet at him later. Don't worry about it. We'll we'll yeah. get this all straightened Ron, out, Ron. Ron, do better. <laughs> uh. You should have said uh, Game Sevens, God's plan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Where, where's Don Cherry when nice, you need him? Yeah. Uh, sitting on his porch, listening to EDM that his son makes <laughs> for his podcast. Don't know if you've heard that song. It is. It is something. Don Cherry. Link it to what, is it? Tell me his name's Don Cherry. Cherry Junior. I don't know what his son's name is, but yeah, Don Cherry like hosts a podcast that he like. Oh no! I don't know what it's called. It's like the porch show with Don Cherry. It is like recording like on his porch. Yeah, and it has this like really long, annoying uh, two and a half minute intro <laughs> that his son made, and his son makes like EDM music. Cool. Oh, oh yeah. Here we go. Don Cherry, rock and sock and techno. Oh my god. Um. Or okay, no. This is this is from uh. Former guest uh, Jackson McDonald sent this to us, but his son or something was a DJ. He probably made the intro music for the podcast, but he made a techno song with Don Cherry doing this weird, awful shout rap thing over it and is genuinely the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'll make that the outro music for today's show Beautiful. so you guys can hear it. Um, Can't wait. But yeah, the uh, the Rangers, uh, New Jersey game seven. Right. That was cool. That was a great game too. And I love to see the Rangers lose. And uh, yeah, poor, me too. Poor it was Patty awesome. Kane. It, it came out afterwards. Oh, that it, poor guy. Of course, it comes out afterwards that he was playing through injuries the whole time. So that was the problem. I mean, he was yeah. somewhat productive. That's why but, he's one of the worst defensive players in the league now. Yeah, this is also really great because, like, look at all the the capital that all these top teams spent to go get people like fucking uh, like the you know, Bruins getting like Orlov and uh, you know what is it Pertuzzi or who else did they get? I don't even know who else. But like, the, all these teams spending all this shit, Kane. They're going out to get, and then all mm-hmm. these teams just lose in the first round. It's good for the Sabers, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, like another like I think big takeaway from the first round is the goalies who won. Yeah, there was only one like hot shit starter that won their first round matchup, and it was Jake Ottinger. Yeah, every other one was like tandem. It was like Schmid who fucking who the fuck is this guy? Game one. But like you know, it was like twenty-one years old, third-string goalie. But also, if it wasn't for Shesterkin, it would have been worse than it was. I mean, Shesterkin played. Oh, absolutely. Shesterkin played fucking great. Where the fuck were the Rangers? They played like dog shit. Yeah, so really. When like, you look they, at the whole weren't... picture, it's not very good. And where are they going next no. year with this? You know, I love it. Yeah, because um, it's not like they're going to be able to afford to take back or to get Kane and Tarasenko again, right? Um, unless they're taking like massive, massive discounts, which. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. I could see Kane doing like a one year, one million, like another kick at the can. But uh, there, though, especially in the East, like go, go oh. somewhere else. Speak on the Rangers. This was posted in uh, our Discord today, and it was a trade proposal mm-hmm. from Twitter. Right, go ahead. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, this is from New York Rangers Hockey uh, at Broadway Hats NYR. Okay. Here's a hypothetical for one of the biggest splashes jury could make. Let's splash. So the Rangers received Cole Caulfield. Great young player. Okay. And the Habs are going to be really motivated to make this trade and will uh, receive Lafreniere. Who has just been uh, uh, just absolutely, I mean, he was touted as one of the top dudes and everybody, even the analytics guys were he like. first overall, yeah. Horny as hell about him and just has done nothing. Yeah, and like. I think a part of that is how bad the Rangers are at developing yes. young players. I have heard that um, argument. But uh, not looking great. How, much did, you, not, how uh, much did you have to develop your number one overall pick? Right. And there was this This was like another like Discord uh, conversation I was reading. So I guess uh, patreon.com slash I hate this team to join in on the conversation. Yeah, get in there. 
But some guys in there were like comparing uh, Lafreniere's points per game in his first three seasons mm-hmm. to uh, Nail Yakupov. Okay, I got some got some bad news, folks. <laughs> Yakupov did way better. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, I, I would I would love to take a flyer on Lafreniere if I was a uh, a GM of another team just to see how it goes, but. <sighs> Um, that's the centerpiece for Cole Caulfield. No. Anyways, the other part of that trade is uh, Goudreau is a salary filler, mm-hmm. a first round pick in 2023, and Adam Sikora, who I have to imagine is Peter's son or something. Who is making up that trade? Yeah. Who's sitting back uh, and just well, dreaming up that trade? Wow. <laughs> All right, guy. Well, you know what? Go for it. Go for it. Would, see what happens. I would love to send my trash over. Well, yeah. I guess the first round pick's good. And yeah. like, I, like I said, Lafreniere is probably fine. Worth the risk at this point. But uh, shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Not great. What did you think of the Truba hit? I mean, I don't know if it's an old man opinion, but I don't think you can skate across the middle of the ice with your head down like that. I don't. And it's, it's, it's a weird thing because it is a clean hit. I think technically speaking, like if you're being strictly, strictly technical, he comes straight across. He doesn't like leave his skates at all. He does. I don't think he's purposely trying to target his head. I think his shoulder, he makes shoulder contact with the, it would have been the middle of his chest, but fucking dude leaned into it and put his face right into his shoulder. Yeah. So I don't know. And he just, the dude hits hard as fuck. And if you're, if you know, he's, uh if you know, he's back there and you're just going to dick around in the middle of the ice, Looking like you know, looking at the puck, like uh, I don't know, it's bad. Yeah, but, it, it, but, like, it, but I, it also feels bad. Like after you see it, you go like, oh, he wanted to fucking like cripple this guy. So I don't know. No, that's exactly it. Like it does feel really bad, and I think like if you have a conscience and you watch that, you're like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to take like big hits out of hockey. I like I think of it from a a rugby lens, mm-hmm. which I mean. A lot of hitting, no pads, etc. And the rule is, anything above the shoulder, kind of no matter what, is a illegal hit. You get a penalty for mm-hmm. it, like automatic card or whatever. And there's like some play on whether or not like it's a yellow or red card, depending on like intent and whatever. But if you're hitting someone above the shoulders, even if like they're going down and like you're taller or whatever, mm-hmm. that is still like a high hit and it's a penalty. And I would like to see the NHL adopt that. Like, if the primary point of contact is the head, like in that hit, I don't think it should be clean. Um, It should at least be like a penalty. It should be discouraged. Yeah, but I would say I would have like I would have liked to have seen a penalty uh, at least. The other problem I had with it is that nobody did anything about it at all. If somebody like on you know yeah, if somebody if somebody dummied one of your guys like that, you would think that you would want someone on your team to at least go up to him and fucking fight him or something, at least or something later do something. I don't know. No, everyone he just got fucking ragdolled and everyone just stood around just going like, wow, that was crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I agree. It's it's strange, especially like it being playoff hockey, right? That. Nobody like stepped up and like challenged him or whatever. I guess maybe they were like, "Well, we're about to win this game. Uh, let's not like, you know, I get, get an instigator penalty or whatever." I get it. Maybe that's smart, but, but Jesus, I don't know. I th- I would just think emotionally, just as a human being, if I saw one of my friends get get, get like fuck, yeah, get fucked yeah, it's up like, like, hey, that, fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, I would just be like kind of pissed off. But hey, that's uh, the Devils are in the second round now, so maybe uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But speaking yeah, of which, well, we'll the Devils see how long they're in the seconds. Around. I was going to say <laughs> it, it, they, they, they got absolutely walked. They got dominated in the first game. Um, I don't know if you watched that one. Um, I watched some of it. I, uh, I I I saw the first period and was kind of discouraged by the result because I, I want New Jersey to do well. Same. And uh, yeah, then I just like went and did some cocaine and fucking hung out. Cocaine. No, cooking. Okay, whoops. Okay. My bad. Yeah, no, I, I made a, made some made some breakfast sandwich meal prep. Um, Halo, jalapeno popper flavored. It was really good. Boom. So, like, I mean, obviously, you know, it's one game. Who cares? I don't know if it's going to be indicative of the entire thing, but uh, Carolina looked really good. They look like they're skating really yeah. great. They're really kind of firing on all cylinders. Their D looks really great. Looks like they're kind of hard to score on. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing I did notice in that game is in the intermission, 
they interviewed uh, Jarvis uh, from the Hurricanes, yeah. and they asked him Seth? what he's been watching on TV, and he said he's been watching The Entourage, which I think he means the HBO show Entourage, <laughs> which also came out like fucking 20 years ago, and uh, makes me really question- Doing a rewatch. Yeah, it just kind of makes me question, like, imagine in the middle of like an intense playoff run, and you're like, what am I going to do to really get me fucking in the right zone? I'm going to watch. I got to wind yeah, down. Yeah, we're going to pop Turtle on here and see what happens with the Aquaman movie. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting choice. <sighs> also, there's a weird thing with uh, Siegenthaler and that one play. I don't know if you saw it. I don't know if it was in the first period or what, but like it was the thing where his helmet came off and then he had to go off the ice uh, like immediately or whatever. That is a weird rule as well, right? Yeah. Like it's no longer whistle dead but you can't really hang out there too yeah, it's long like, it's like there's no it seems like a rule that they go back and forth i don't on. know what it is they're like saying as soon as the play breaks you have to go to the bench so like i think he was trying to seeing he was kind of trying to feel out like when he had to go to the bench and the play was still fucking but, around down in his zone and then he goes to the he makes a move to the bench to go get off or get a helmet or do whatever he's doing and they score so it's like i just sorry yeah. I, I just tabbed over to the game i didn't have it up and uh, it's now a minute and a half into the second period, and Florida's up three two. That's right. Let's go. That's pretty cool, Let's go Florida baby. I got the over. <laughs> I got, so funny. I got the over. <laughs> I got the over in this game, which was six and a half. I and I did a parlay with the over in Florida winning because, uh, well, because there's a lot of juice on it. I don't want to turn this into a chiclet style thing no, where we talk ahead. about betting. Let, let's let's hear Coe's gambling. There's picks. a lot of juice on it uh, because everybody expects Toronto to come back and win this game handily right because that's usually what happens especially yeah. if you lose game one at home you usually come back and win big yeah but uh yeah, exactly. so no one's expected for it to win so there's a lot of juice on that so just just say maybe we do Coa's gambling corner next year uh in the future i'm not very good yeah. i am up lifetime i just looked at my stats i'm up like a hundred dollars i've been betting not for like bad. i've been betting for like two years so not bad so at all. So if you guys all, want to win a hundred dollars for a hundred yeah if you want to win a hundred dollars over the course of two years of get betting on like every sabers game Let's go, baby. <laughs> Sabres are really hot on the over earlier in the season, but it would be still hilarious if they win. Anyways, I'm still on um, New Jersey to win Seems this. All our yeah, I'm still, yeah, no, I'm still on, to New, on New Jersey to make it to the finals because that's who I originally had, and, and spiritually, I, mm -hmm. I want the Devils to win, and I want Lindy to win. But uh, Car Carolina yeah. looks very, very promising. Looks like a promising young yeah, group. Yeah, they were, they, were, they were bringing some heat in that first... Uh, first period that i watched and like pretty likable team yes very much so i'm just surprised that they're performing as well with all their injuries which is like why i was uh you know kind of fading them on it yeah um and i mean we'll see but e even if uh kudoman doesn't hold up they have uh what's his name starts the letter k that other that kid played really well yes yeah i mean i don't Look at the, I think this is a pretty even series. I think it'll be really funny when uh, we come out of it, and it's uh, New Jersey mm -hmm. and fucking Florida that come out of the East or whatever it is. Even if it's Carolina, yeah. Carolina and Florida, that's still really funny. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know. It's it, yeah. it's almost like uh, well, it's, look at Seattle. Look how fucking weird mm -hmm. that is. That <laughs> yeah, they're still fucking rolling, and and they looked real good i mean i don't know I, I don't know if you watched that game either but they looked i i watched most of it i like i went to bed before the the overtime yeah they look um, they looked nice and also i mean that's the first time i've seen ottinger really look kind of human um yeah he is a, even though it was only, like then he looked inhuman at the end of the game yeah he turned it on a little but bit there, but he let in some, there was a stretch he let in some real <laughs> he looked real kind of like iffy goals there a little clunkers, bit yeah um but he is uh, if you guys are, well, you're not going to hear this until later, so don't worry about it. But, uh, if you're betting on that, I think that, um, Dallas is going to win tonight only because he is like, uh, a total freak show after a loss. He has like this insane, oh, insane sense, yeah. win percentage. So that I would say probably Dallas tonight, but well, Seattle keeps winning. Uh, they keep doing this, like rolling four lines of dudes I've barely heard of, you know, like just, it's a lot of mm -hmm. fun to watch. Oh, uh, speaking of Seattle too, because we were talking about the, uh, bah, 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 bah. Avalanche series from before. I just noticed mm -hmm. a news story. Okay. okay, if I can add to the reading series here, I like to do my. I yeah, like to do my homework it here. Up. It says uh, this one just came out uh, at noon today. It says nine one one call provides new details on Seattle hotel incident with Avalanche star. Oh yeah, N I saw Nichushkin. the like the little byline, but I didn't read it because I was at work. Yeah, so it Let's says here it. Dallas a nine eleven call request assistance for a woman found in a Seattle hotel room after Colorado Avalanche employees went to go check on forward Valerie Nachushkin. 
stated that she had likely overdosed on alcohol or, quote, mixed, got something mixed in her drink, unquote. Mm-hmm. Audio of the lone 911 call made from downtown Four Seasons Hotel on April 22nd was released Thursday to the Seattle Times after a public disclosure request. So they, they knew this before, but didn't say it. That there was po- okay. that there was possibly some sort of poisoning thing, and then they had to do like so, a, yeah yeah some some they had to do like a FOIA request kind of thing. Um, the caller on the audio does not identify himself, but police records released separately last week said the caller was an Avalanche team physician named Bradley Changstrom uh-huh. who accompanied the squad. Yeah, I remember that from the first yeah, one. Yeah, for its opening round. Da, 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 da. We suspect someone may have OD'd on alcohol, or potentially someone got something mixed in their drink. We don't know yet. The caller says. So. Huh. If you not, oh, here we go. Uh, when asked by the dispatcher whether the woman 28 was conscious at time, they said uh, they're hanging in there at the moment. He then added, she is awake at the moment, but she's fading. Um, so <laughs> they, then he, they, he took a leave of absence from the team. So if it was just him or the doctor calling because some woman drank too much, why would you have to take a break from the team. That's all I'm saying. Seems very fishy. Right. Seems very fishy to me. Avalanche have said Nachushkin was not with the team because of personal reasons, but refused to divulge any further information. He's missing from the team skate on April 22nd. Police records indicate team employees went to check on Nachushkin when they found the woman in the hotel room. Bop, 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 bop. She was right at the very, front. Yeah, very, very sketchy, confusing. sketchy stuff. Also, you got a playoff series to win here. What are you doing going around uh, drugging people? Yeah, like you would. It's weird because they said there was no like criminal charges or whatever, which I guess doesn't mean that nothing criminal happened because that's the way it works in the states, right? No, no, you. I, I've broken so many laws and I've never gotten charged. So, yeah, no, they don't. But like, yeah, because someone like care. wants to charge you. It's not. It's not the queen doing it. No, we don't have a queen anymore. Yeah, no, yeah, we, yeah. we or the king. Yeah, sorry. We, we fi- oh, yeah. But not yeah. he hasn't been officially uh, put in place. Yeah, yeah, but no, they, yeah, like it's not the crown. If they don't, I mean, I'm sure they'll investigate it, and then if there's enough evidence to charge him with something, they will. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's peculiar because, like, you know, as William Blake said, the busy bee has no time for sorrow. <laughs> so if he was just like an innocent bystander <laughs> and fucking. <laughs> He like wanted to go and, and like why wouldn't he just play hockey the next right. day? So you would you would think that like there's like some sort of implied uh guilt there. Well, we'll right? see. Like, we don't wanna we don't want to uh drop any uh bombshells like we did with the Calgary GM. Yeah, I mean here, I'm but... not gonna I'm not gonna do any libel here. It's just like a very it like it's strange. I'm just asking I'm... questions. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying like I'm looking forward to finding out what's gonna happen. Like I, I guess I'm I want to know. It's a weird thing. Uh, but back to the the, the actual hockey series. Yes, Dallas, uh, Seattle. I, I had this down in my notes about that series. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in the Dallas Stars for one very simple reason. Yeah. The Canucks in the last two seasons are six and zero oh against. Oh them. wow! Yeah, that's not that's so- yeah. soft. Yeah, they've um they've beat their asses mm-hmm. and. A lot of them came at like the end of the season this year where they were like really must lose games for the Canucks and their lottery odds. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, they're playing the big bag Dallas Stars. Keep hearing about this fucking top line, mm-hmm. how good they are. And oh man, you got Jake Ottinger and that Miro Heiskin. And they just looked incredibly pedestrian. And like I said, I don't watch much of the Minnesota Dallas series. So I didn't really see Dallas pop off. But then I watched that Seattle game and it's the same goddamn Dallas Stars. Yep. That couldn't fucking beat the Canucks to get out of a wet paper bag. Absolutely. So like, and on the opposite side just, of the coin too, uh, Seattle has beaten the shit out of the Sabers a number of times since they've been in the league, yeah, which is and, also very and suspicious. Beat the shit out of the Canucks this year a couple times as well, like very embarrassing losses. Yeah, the they year. were so yeah. from like the lens of a 1970s expansion franchise <laughs> yeah. fan. I'm like, oh, yeah, Seattle has this in the bag. Also, uh, interesting uh, other thing that happened that I don't think I've ever seen happen before, and you you uh, nerds can Google it if you want, but <laughs> Dreisaitl had four goals in a loss, and then uh, Pavelski yeah. gets four goals in a loss, back-to-back. You you want to hear the stat on this? Because I actually saw it on Twitter today. Oh, no, I did not. From uh, from Cam Sharon. Please bring it up. Former uh, fantasy stats guy for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Going to keep scrolling until I find it. 
Um, liked the uh, okay. Here we go. Prior to Tuesday, there had been 36 games in NHL playoff history where one player scored at least four goals. Just three of those 36 came in losing efforts. Since Tuesday, it's happened twice on consecutive <laughs> nights. Oh, interesting. It's wild. The last player to score four in a uh, losing effort prior to Joe Pavelski was Ray Ferraro back in 1993. Oh, Ray Ferraro. Great guy. Great guy. Love his commentary. Yeah, really good at it. Uh, it yeah, maybe may the best. Yeah. At least like nationally. Yeah, he's good. Right? I like Ray Ferraro. Yeah, I uh, I mean, so he's like a Vancouver guy as well. Oh, okay, his I did not know wife, that. His wife is actually the assistant general manager of the Canucks, Cami Granado. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I like, I, I, I kind of hope he's the regional guy, but he. Why does my webcam keep fucking up? This, mm. this is an audio podcast. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. But um, <laughs> no, like I, I would hope that, or uh, a dream would be that he'd be the guy that takes over for uh, the Canucks regional color commentator that just. Uh, Retired, stepping back from doing all the regional games. Uh, Cheech. Do you have you? But, do you have a guy like? Do you do you know who Rick Jenneret was for us? Like he was like our guy, like our he was our announcer guy forever and ever and ever, and he just retired uh, last year. Like play by play or color? He was our play by play. Yeah. So this has been this guy has been the color commentator for the Canucks regionally. Um, John Garrett, mm. his actual name is nickname's Cheech because he looks kind of like Cheech Marin. Okay. Uh, he was. When I first started really watching hockey die hard again, uh was in 2002. So, he's been the guy since then. Oh, um, I think he started in 2001 or 2002. Yeah. Um so yeah, I know he's like been there like almost the entire duration of me being a Canucks fan besides when I was like a little ass kid, didn't know what was going on. Well, um Well, if you're lucky, maybe you can uh luck into what we have now, which is uh our color guy is Rob Ray. And he is an absolute delight every single game. Oh yeah! I don't know if you're familiar with Robert I, uh, Ray's career, but he got punched. Yes, in, I got am. punched in the head a lot, and it shows. But he's also, <laughs> but he's also like delightful and kind of like. I mean, I love him. I think he's great, and he's like goofy and has a lot of jokes and stuff. But boy, mm. his diction and just the way he says stuff and like some of his commentary is just fucking wild. And I think it has a lot to do I, with maybe some low level brain injury. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's like former Canucks players like that, that, um, like Stefan and I have talked about in the past, like the ideal one is Kevin Bieksa. Yeah. He was like cooked up in a lab to make Canucks fans happy and is like <laughs> very witty and funny yeah. and like brings really good analysis, but he's like main panel on hockey night in Canada now. Yeah. So I don't think he would necessarily leave that even though Kelly Rudy does do like most of the regional broadcast for the flames throughout the season. Oh, I didn't know that. Who also is, is like a uh, main panel. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one that I would love to see is Yannick Hansen, who, uh, like, longtime Canuck, he was with the 2011 team, and he does regular radio hits where he also provides really good analysis and will, like, not shy away from taking a massive shit on the team. Ooh, you love to see that. Um, we don't, we don't have, yeah. we don't have really any of that in our, like, broadcast team at all. They're all pretty much pretty big homers. Um, mm-hmm. like real good timing guys, which has sucked for a long time because we just were so bad. You just want somebody to be like, wow, these guys are playing like dog shit. And they're like, oh, they played pretty good out there. Well, Mar- Martin Baron is also famously, if you remember, Sabre, oh, Sabre's yeah. backup, Martin Baron is uh, one of the guys too that's on the Sabres broadcast. It's always very kind of cheerful. Well, that very little very, too French very Canadian. Full circle. You, you've been enjoying the Joe Thornton jokes of the four goal games. <laughs> Who's wait, where? Who? Joe Thornton. Wait, oh, you don't remember this? So remember when um, Jomas Hurdle? Oh yeah. Uh, he uh, forced Marty Baron into retirement. Oh, by scoring okay, four yeah, goals yeah, against yeah, him, yeah, And he yeah. had the between the yeah, legs, yeah, and yeah. then Jason Botchford, rest in peace, uh, Canucks beat writer, was like the guy that reported in his article. Um, they're at I forget who they were interviewing, but. That there was a lot of talk about Hurdle being disrespectful by like celebrating after the between the legs goal in like a seven three game, and Thornton's like, "Hell, if I scored four <laughs> yeah. goals, I'd be yeah. whipping my whipping cock, my out, cock on the ice. out on the ice." I remember yeah, that. Yeah, very famous. Um, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't think so, four goals is enough to whip your dick out. To be completely no, five, honest, though. five. Uh, I mean, uh, what uh, Tage Thompson had that, but he, I didn't see his dick once. Yeah, sad. I know cowardly well, he's a big christian guy we found out later and he's been 
He's been doing some, oh, some really? questionable reposts on uh, Instagram, but I'm giving him the better for the doubt, considering he's, Such a, as? he's the future of our team. He has some. He's uh, retweeted some stuff from like, um, uh, who's the guy with the tiny face from uh, the fucking conservative guy who has the giant potato head with the tiny uh, face? Who is from? Mm. Um, he was the one that wore the diaper to try to own the libs, uh, like the college. Uh, um, Crowder? Not Crowder, but he's, he, he's had a great week, too. Oh, the diaper guy. Uh, oh, fuck. I can't think of his name right now. That was... Oh, um, it's going to bother me. But ta- Diaper conservative campus. Yeah, he's from... Um, I can't think of his name now. But he's like the ugly... Uh, the weird, ugly-looking guy. Turning Point USA... Yes. Charlie Kirk? Yes, Charlie Kirk. He retweeted. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. Re, well, not retweeted, but he reposted on one of his stories on Instagram or something, a Charlie Kirk thing where he was saying, like, why we are why we are conservatives or why we are Christians or something. It was during Easter. Yeah. And everybody was, like, really bummed out not about great. that. great. And then also there was a lot of, um, during the whole gay pride jersey night thing, there was a lot of mm-hmm. speculation that Tage wouldn't come out with the jersey on, but it turned out he was hurt. He uh, was okay. hurt. That, like, they, they, he was hurt, and they pulled him out that one game to try to avoid the controversy of that go like interesting he, yeah, so like he didn't have to make a call on that and then the all of the heat went on um labushkin because he said putin would kill him if he wore one so that was a lot more fun to report yeah um that, that actually happened with uh with kuzmenko as well it was like for family reasons yeah they're like i don't want putin uh, to murder my family well, even though like plenty of Russian players that are like, yeah, way and, they, more and all those guys have done it before too. It's just fucking stupid. And it's like, and it's like fucking, you know. I, I think the it's it's not even like it's a felony. It's just like you get a fine or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's whatever. Um, before we wrap up, my two favorite like Canucks conservatives. Of course, you have Blue Lives Miller, but he, he I didn't even know he that has done anything too crazy lately. Oh yeah, no, he uh, no oh, boy. He was at a golf tournament last off season, and he was wearing like a Blue Lives Matter hat with, and he took a picture with somebody. I forget, but um, he's got like a a Browning, you know, like the hunting company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got like a tattoo of that on his forearm. Okay. So it's not like that's any big surprise. No, my favorite current active Canucks conservative is Connor Garland, Mm -hmm. who, before he deleted his Twitter, had some wild likes, like all of like Glenn Greenwald's neocon pivot he was faving. By the way, one of my favorite blocks, I have no idea why, but I'm blocked by uh, Glenn Greenwald. Uh, Me too. I know why I'm blocked by Glenn Greenwald. (laughs) Did you you say something uh, to him? No, I faved a tweet making fun of him. That's all it takes? Um, Wow. Yeah, yeah, which which is crazy because like... I mean, we should have Stefan here talking about being blocked. Yeah, by there people, you go. But no, it was during the World Cup, and he like posted a, a picture of like him and his adopted son and his dogs on the couch. Mm-hmm. And I forget what the dunk was on it, but it made me laugh. And I, <laughs> I faved it, and I just found out I was blocked. It's just like really funny that Glenn Greenwald sitting around yes! in fucking Brazil going through Bro. like the likes on a tweet. Bro, uh, listen, you at least have like some amount of followers. Like I nobody. I'm a fucking absolute nobody. Yeah. Glenn Greenwald went out of his way to find me and go, no, not anymore, you. No, not this guy. <laughs> this 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 <laughs> this guy this this guy's way too big, fat and red as Bill's fan. Yeah, what the fuck? Um No the then the other one, which remember Brent Sopel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Brent Sopel, um I think based on his timeline, he's he's had a little bit of CTE. I mean, he's also dyslexic, yeah. so that also explains some of it. But he actually deleted this after I retweeted it from the I Hate This Team account. But um, he was just tweeting at Nancy Pelosi saying, you're you're the same as Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he also, um, he he's like, I was the first NHL player to walk in a gay pride parade if anyone like tries to come at him. But then he's like tweeting at um, fucking Britney Griner videos saying, Take drugs across the border again, you idiot. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. That's my guy right there. <laughs> you're exactly uh, like Hitler. You're... <laughs> All right. He also... Um, I agree, by you're the way. You're actually... He really doesn't like... Well, me neither. Maybe actually, maybe we have more in common. I don't like yeah, Nancy maybe Pelosi we're, either. Maybe we're more alike than we're, than we're different. Yeah. Um. Anyways, that's the show, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh. Let's go. Check us out on Patreon again. Let's go Panthers. Uh, follow Co on Twitter. 
Koa, thanks so much for subbing in. Guys, it's been an absolute delight. Uh, you are delightful. Your uh, your little uh, your your guys on Discord are delightful, and uh, I would love to pop in at some time if you need uh, if if there's any sabers related stuff you need help with. I would love to help. I'm a helper. Yeah. Uh hell for like off season playoffs. I'd love to have you on semi regularly so we can round up the the series and around the league with Stefan as well. I think it's been. A blast. Beautiful. Well, let's uh, let's, yeah, go, let's go. Let's go hockey in general. Let's go hockey. Yep. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye.